You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. Welcome to the Aftermath. I am your host tonight, CJ Jones, with my brother and my friend, Chris Timpenny. Chris, how are we feeling on this good, kind of rough, but also successful Victory Monday, buddy? Ooh, my heart was pounding a little bit last night. It was ugly for a large portion of the game. But like we were saying before we got on there, a W is a W. The Chiefs moving to 6-2, and two, man. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, like you said, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the prettiest. But as long as you got 15, you're, you're going to win these games. You're going to win these games. And that's what, if you don't remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Bills game, that's what made that game so shocking is because 15 had it. Exactly. And, and he made a mistake. And they ended up losing that game that was very winnable. Well, this time he got the ball and he did it himself. You know, the run game wasn't existent all, all game. So he decided to run himself. He decided to, you know, pick up the third and 17, rush for the touchdown, rush for the two-point conversion, and it was just – that's the 15 that we are accustomed to, and it makes that, that guilt, game against the Bills a few weeks game feel more like a you know fluke than the actual normality of what he can do on a week-in-a-week basis. No, I completely agree. That sounds like the definition of a do-it-yourself kit. So <laughs> when they say, when they, what's the Halloween costume for the starter kits? <laughs> and put a cape on the back. Oh, my god! Sounds like, kids, put that in your Halloween costumes for next year. But no, 15 did his thing, man. He – Carried the team. Obviously, the run game wasn't doing him any favors. Me and Chris have said this. I don't know why. I guess we only like to run the ball efficiently on the road, which is crazy to me because yeah. we have opportunities to do it at home. We just Our run game is either two ways. It's either really good or non-existent. And last night it was non-existent. So, but 15 put the, put the cape on, man. He said, I'm going to go do it myself. And if I got to go pick up a first down or run somebody over or make a D-line miss or run to the corner pylon, which – I guess this is his signature when he plays Tennessee because everyone remembers the, the, the AFC Championship game in 2019 when he ran all the way down the sideline, did a spin move and fell in the end zone to take us to the Super Bowl to take us to Miami. So I guess when, when Pat sees that blue and white jersey from Tennessee, he sees his, light, his eyes light up, I guess. So um, no, it, was, it was great to see. Great to see him out there, will the team out there to a victory. And at the end of the day, like Chris said, a W's a W. And good teams find ways to win games when right. they're not playing well. I tweeted that out last night. And I honestly think a lot of fans don't realize what that really means because in a similar fashion, like Chris said, we had a game we could have won a couple weeks ago and we lost it. And then good teams, even when you're not playing well, they find ways to win games. Because as you saw across the NFL, there were a lot of games good teams could have won, but they lost it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad to have 15 on our side to make plays when we needed it the most. Yeah, and he yeah, just he makes just such makes a habit of it week in and week basis. And it's just like – it wasn't even like the offense was playing that poor. At least it wasn't like the passing game was playing that poorly. It was just there were a couple penalties. You know, they would try to run it on first down. So you were always at second and nine, second and ten. And it was just they'd pick up a few first downs, but it was hard to sustain drives. You know, they were picking up yards and so they'd have to punt it away. So it wasn't – I never felt like the offense wasn't playing well. Like it obviously wasn't playing up to its potential. You know, they scored yeah, nine yeah. points through – 55 minutes of the game that's obviously you're not playing up to your potential but I thought it was a lot closer to breaking open than maybe it actually indicated when you you know 
punt six times and miss a field goal and all this. It's not quite as evident, you know. What, what was your kind of thoughts watching the offense during that rough second, third, quarter phase? Yeah, I completely agree. It was the same thing. We were very close to a lot of big plays coming in that in the first half and the second half. Justin Watson obviously made a big catch to get us to the touchdown in the in the first half, and then he also was overthrown by a little bit. And I when I as I re, when I rewatched that play, it kind of looked like Justin wasn't expecting it. Um, right. I don't want to speak for him, but when I looked at that pass, it kind of looked like he didn't expect the ball was going to come his way. But if anything, Pat maybe overthrew him by a foot, which maybe is a ball you could die for. Um, obviously, we know Juju had a drop. He didn't want to, but he also made a great catch on fourth down as well. Uh, Miko had a drop as well that could have got us a first down right at the sticks. Ooh, that was um, tough. Yeah, that, that was a tough one because he's Kelsey been – Kelsey dropped, led to a pick. Yep, Kelsey <laughs> dropped. And the Kelsey one is kind of – it's and, and it's, I wanted to ask you a question about this, Chris. Out of all the penalties and the flags thrown last night, which – by far was too many people. There were 18 flags thrown last night, which we knew that crew was one of the highest, if not right. the highest crew for throwing flags, but 18 flags should never happen. But that's neither here nor there. That play when Travis Kelsey, when the when Pat threw it to him, you're coming around the edge. And in our technique, when I played ball, we call that a slide technique. Mm-hmm. You're going around the edge defender to get into the flat. Right. The defender, by the rule, is not allowed to grab at the tight end. Once you're initiating, you're not trying to block him. So Trav's going around him because he realizes Pat's outside the pocket. He grabbed Trav slightly on his shoulder and slowed him down. And then when Pat already had released the ball, that's why it kind of came at a weird angle. Technically, that's pass interference because you can't grab at the receiver. Yeah, if, I don't. If he's, not, if he's not engaging with you. Yeah, I, I don't. I never want that call. I thought it was, he was behind. He was running behind the line of scrimmage, right? And the DN came up. Yeah, then he's and, trying to and, get around and him. Hit him and hit him before the ball was thrown. So, like, I, I'm always on the on – the, side of less flags like i don't think that was a penalty i i even think when they called that penalty on travis and the or not on travis on the titans defender when travis like took his helmet off i thought that was just both guys being physical and i didn't like a flag on the I titans like player. I thought they just like I, i'm always on the side of just let the guys play regardless of if it benefits or you know it benefits my team or not now the egregious ones, like you know, we all remember the one from the Saints one a few years ago. We all, you know, there's always penalties. Penalties are there for a reason, but like a little tug here, a little hold there, a little push there. Like I, I don't really doesn't really bug me that much. So that's how I kind of feel about that play. But no, I, I hear you, and I think most fans would probably agree to that point because watching the game, I was hearing a lot of fans that were from Tennessee saying, "Yeah, they're just slowing down the game with all these penalties." Right, right. You want to, you want the game to be called the correct way, like Chris said, but. You don't want to dictate the integrity of the game just by throwing a flag. Almost, it seemed almost every series or every other series there was a flag. So, well, and, and like you know, some I saw that some Titans fans felt like the game was being favored towards the Chiefs. But regardless of what line you fall on, that more flags on a slower pace benefit the Titans. That's exactly. the pace. They Even if the Titans pace. were picking up a few unnecessary flags, that pace still benefits them. You're slowing it down. You can't get into a rhythm. Like absolutely. And we saw that you and I were talking about this a little bit again before air, but we got to get into it. Like the Chiefs scored on their first two possessions, you know, a field goal and then and then a touchdown with a mixed extra point. But those two drives, I really think gave the Titans a lot of confidence because the first time you uh, fourth and five, you know, with the rookie quarterback over at Tennessee, you decided to kick the field goal, which Titans had to feel like as a win, you know, like no even if you don't, <laughs> you didn't, they didn't give up a touchdown. And even if the Chiefs didn't get it, you're asking that rookie to go 95 yards and arrowhead on his first drive. Like I, the, the Titans won that drive and they're feeling good. Then the second time there's 30 seconds left on the clock before the quarter ends, it's third and short. You know, that's a time where you just want to get up to the line, be physical, mono, mono, and pick up the first down. 
Instead, the Chiefs let the ball, let it go to quarter, you know, talked it over. Actually ended up picking up a false start penalty out of the quarter. So they whatever they talked about didn't even didn't even matter. Now, because they're the Chiefs and because they have Patrick Mahomes, they did still score a touchdown on third and six. So it doesn't seem like something to complain about. But you're showing the Titans, who are big-time underdogs, who want to play a certain style of game, that you're a little bit scared of that physicality. You're shying away from it. And I think that, in turn, gave the Titans a lot of confidence. And we saw them rip off 17 straight points after because of it. No, and that and that, that play on that drive, when literally we gave the ball to Malik after we kicked the field goal, they literally threw a simple bubble screen. Yeah. Then we missed a tackle by, by Leo Chanel, and the, and the guy ran for like 40, 50 yards. I'm like, all right, that's right. the tempo we're setting for today. We're missing tackles out the gate. So – and it was like it wasn't for lack of effort. Like guys were getting to the ball because Nick Bolton had a great game. He had a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage and made a lot of plays to negate those big runs. But overall, they were just smashing you in the mouth, saying, "Hey, our guys are better than your guys. They're going to meet us in a hole, and you're just not going to tackle us." Mm-hmm. And that's what happened when they threw it to their, some of their tight ends and fullbacks, or when Derrick Henry got going downfield. He's just a hard dude to stop. And if you don't stop him at the first level, it doesn't matter who you got on the back end. So we just we weren't disciplined and making our keys and getting to our and really finishing plays and wrapping up. I saw too many missed tackles for a team that was usually disciplined in that area um, regarding the past two weeks of football that we played going into that game. So that was very frustrating to see. But thankfully, um, our offense figured out a way to figure it out at the end to make a play and extend it out. But definitely that's something we have to work on this week, get back to the basics. And, and that's a hard team to tackle. So it's not really frustrating because you know where you're going. You're going up against really good talent, but you obviously want to see your defense play better and make strides because as me and Chris would both agree on our defense is only as far as our defense takes us, that's where we're going to go as far as when trying to win a championship. Right. And credit to the defense, they bounce back. Cause looking at Absolutely. it, Absolutely. you know, the Titans didn't do anything on offense. And part of that is, you know, rookie quarterback, one dimensional no receivers, like obviously you're expected to do well, but the defense really only gave up 14 points. It was on back-to-back drives. It was Derrick Henry, I think, had a 24-yard rush to really kickstart that first touchdown drive, and then he had a 56-yard rush to kickstart that that second drive. Other than those two big runs, by and then maybe the 50-yard screen pass early on, that, that didn't even leave the points. But other than those two big runs by Henry, I mean, what, he had 115 yards, and 80 of them came on, on those two on those plays. Two plays. Yep. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, the defense had a rough little back-to-back stretch there. But other than that, they locked down the Titans, made sure that, hey, this rookie's not going to be the story coming in tonight, tomorrow. You know, he's not going to be able to beat us, make Derrick Henry beat us. And, and, you know, they they rose up to the challenge. I thought Colin Saunders played a heck of a ball game. Man, that dude was going to play. Absolutely. Not a big smooth, man. For he sure. was getting after it. and they even gave him some love on the on the broadcast being like, you know, we don't always see him a, a lot because a lot of teams are trying to throw the ball against the Chiefs, but against Derrick Henry, you need a guy like 99 and uh he is out there playing like and I love to see him finally starting to come into his own. We've talked about him a few times this year, but like Absolutely. And he's been getting a lot of flack from a lot of people over the years, so to see him have that moment in a big time game where you know a team that's kind of bullied us in the past and a team that kind of thinks they have our numbers. So they definitely were coming here with high confidence. Like Chris said, we kind of gave him a little bit of confidence with those first two drives. So for Kendall Saunders to go out there and respond and play one of his best games he's done as a chief, that was very, very encouraging to see. And definitely we were no guys were coming back off injury. Like Mike Dana was coming back and obviously Kayla needed to step up with, we know, Tershawn Warden is out for the year as well. So to see him step up in that moment and to give Chris some help and stop it down the run game. And Spags has been like, that's kind of his notion been all year. Guys are going to have an opportunity to play. Like Darius Harris had to play when Willie Gay was out for four games. And obviously Josh and Jalen have had to play when Trent McDuffie's been out up until last night as well. So guys have had the opportunity to, to accept the challenge of next man up. So 
for those guys to go out there and Spags has done a great job at executing and adjusting at halftime. He's done that all year. He did it in the Buffalo game. He did it in the Tampa Bay game. That's literally what he's done a lot this year. So I'll give credit where credit is due. He does a great job at that. You like to see them come out faster, like mm-hmm. Chris said. But at the end of the day, you're only as good as how many adjustments you can make. Because that's literally what halftime is for. So if coordinators can make their name off making adjustments and giving your team, your players, a better chance to win, that's all you can ask for as a player, for sure. Right, for sure. And, I, you know, on another part of this, too, is I think this was a good game for – like a like a McDuffie and a Josh Williams and those guys, you know, coming into where, you know, McDuffie. This is the first time he's played a, a full game. Yeah. He didn't have to worry about anything. They threw the ball sixteen times, five completions, none to receivers for the Titans. Like that's a good back to the NFL for a kid who we had a lot of high hopes on. First game back, <laughs> right? Like he didn't have to do anything. He, yeah, you really know, did. we could sit there and be like, oh, he allowed zero. You know, he allowed zero completions. Play. Did, he was going against the guy that really wasn't that that as, big as, of a threat, as, as expected. As right, as right. So, like you know, a nice, easy confidence booster. Again, these young guys. There's a lot of young guys on this Chiefs teams on both sides of the ball. Anytime you can build towards the confidence, even even if it's fake confidence, you know, like or unwarranted because of the talent you're going up, it's still confidence. And I think seeing those corners, Josh Williams tackling Derrick Henry in the backfield, dude. That was a great play, great dude. Play. Josh. He's a D2 ball player. He never saw anyone close to yeah. Derrick Henry's caliber of athleticism and size, and he did not care one bit on that tackle for loss there. And I'm always the I think Sneed's uh, mentality rubs off on those guys. Oh we all gosh. know you, you've, been, you've praised Sneed since day one being one of the best tacklers yeah, as far yeah. as he's in the league. And when you see the leader in your DB room making tackles, getting his nose dirty, you have no choice but to follow that standard. So right. Josh definitely made a play. That was great for him to see. Right, the only one, the only DB that I feel a little weak about tackling, and it's a guy we also like to talk about on here, is, is Thornhill. Juan will shy away from those big, those big guys a little bit every now and again, but the young guys and and Reed and you know Bush and um, you know Cook's not afraid of him. And Cook, yeah, like if I, I can live with my free safety being a guy, maybe being the one that's not a hundred percent on board with the physicality. Um, as long as those other guys are bringing it, and you don't see that on too many too many NFL rosters, you have that many DBs ready to go out and hit somebody. No, absolutely, and that's a great testament because we play so many good receivers in this league, and and we've been saying it all year. These guys are going to get tested. They're going to play some of the best of the best. They're going to play all pros. They're going to play guys that are getting paid a lot of money to make plays and to make you to embarrass you. So to get all that experience in the first half of the season, and they have a buy and learn from those mistakes, and they come back now, and obviously the back half of our schedule is tad bit easier than the front, but you never want to overlook any of your opponents because it's any given Sunday and it's the NFL. But to go in there and to see Jalen play the way he did and Josh play the way he did and the Trent come back and be healthy, left the game with no injury concerns. So that was great to see from him. We were definitely uh, having a prayer circle around him that hopefully he was <laughs> to come back this game. So we got our number one cornerback. All of our Dean linemen were there. Obviously, we want to get Jody Fortin back as well, which from what I've heard, I think he's pretty much okay. They just held him out just to right. be cautious. But overall, defense, everybody played. It's like played the entire game and no injuries that the concern that we got left leaving that game as well. So definitely want to build moving forward. And at the end of the day, a W is a W and no major injury concerns. I count that as a win in my book, Chris. I'll take it. Yeah, no, no, that was awesome. It's like wins and, and limited to no in, injuries every week. That Absolutely. I hope that's the case. But you see these alerts come across your phone. And it's, like, <laughs> such a, such a, such a, and it's, it's always hilarious when it's like the first drive of the game, Chris. Like, boom. I'm like, how do you get hurt the third play of the game? Like <laughs> – 
Right. I, I don't know, man. Like it was crazy, especially when they're not even throwing much. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's it's all it's all and it's the NFL. Like it's I always I don't like to say it, but it's a hundred percent injury, man. Knock on wood. Like it's it's guaranteed to happen. Like you don't want to talk about it, but it's 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 the violent sport. It's it's one of the most violent sports in the world. So it is right. it's the name of the business. So but definitely credit to our training staff, credit to our coaching staff to getting guys the time to get ready, the time to get healthy mentally and physically to go out there and be their best so they can help this team win some more ball games. So for sure. For sure. You know what play is going a little under the radar that we aren't talking about enough? Which one? The Noah Gray play. Bro, that was probably one of his, that was probably the catch of the year so far. For right, us. right. And it's like not even down. it's like not even something that people are really talking about because because well, I mean, when you bring it up, you know, you know, it's you know, when you say something, she's like, Oh yeah, it was incredible. But like because Mahomes did so many things, because the defense played so well in the second half, like there's just, you know, other things that were going to first before we talk about how you know pat did pat but noah gray going up and getting that ball juggling it coming down all of the catch noah keep doing what you're doing i had a buddy so he, he texted me after after the catch he was like so noah gray goes to my girlfriend's church he walked out the morning service and we walked it and we as we were walking in we rubbed sold shoulders as I as I was walking out, so I knew he was making a big play on Sunday. <laughs> so, uh, so you got to you got to give my buddy Tanner some credit there. He rubbed shoulders with Noah Gray, and that's that's why that was that was why that happened. So, <laughs> man, what's going to happen next week though? You know, Noah can't go to church with a twelve o'clock game, so I, I guess we're going to find out another way to early mass or something. Yeah, <laughs> can they go on a Saturday service or something <laughs> to get that luck going? But no, I. Uh, I think everyone, most Chiefs fans really enjoy Noah and Jody as the, you know, combo tight end twos. I think Noah's technically the tight end too, but seeing getting big plays from one of those guys every week is something that uh, I don't think we appreciate enough because those guys bring it all the time. No, absolutely. I said it back in camp and I got a lot of flack for it from fans from other fan bases naturally. So, but I said it in August, man, we have the best tight end room in the league and continue. These guys show it every single week. Jody's made plays. He's one of the biggest mismatches in the league. And like you said, Noah's just that utility belt. He's that guy that can come in when Trav needs a break and he can come in and block and need to put him in motion. We put him in the backfield. If he needs to make a big play, catching the red zone, we use him on QB sneaks. He obviously made the biggest catch of the year for us on third down that to help us go down there and win the game. So Noah's just continuing to show why his development is, is going in the right direction. That's one of the better picks in the Veach era. I know a lot of people are kind of on Veach for his picks, but Noah's developing so, so in, in the right ways that I would love to see. And obviously, we know Travis Kelsey's getting on the other end of 30, and we don't want to talk about it. But eventually, you know, you got to replace certain guys. So right. see, you know, that's going to do nothing. And we talked about confidence off air, Chris. That mm-hmm. does the ultimate for your confidence as a player because I've made the big play. And if you see it on camera, Trav pointed at him and like with the vicious eyes and stared at him like that's the kind of play you're supposed to make in those moments. Because we're used to Kelsey making those mm-hmm. type of catches in those moments. So to see Noah do that, that's going to do nothing but – take his confidence through the roof because now Trav, I mean, Pat already had the ultimate confidence in him to begin with, but to know for you to see it yourself, to make that play in that moment, you actually can go into any route on any third down, any fourth and short and say, I know I'm going to get open and I know my guy believes in me. So that was great to see from Noah for sure. Right. For sure. And then last thing here, before we kind of do a quick look at the Jags game, what is the issue with the run game on as far as consistency goes? Cause like they had 77 yards, Mahomes had 63 of them. So you're getting 14 yards off of what? I think it was 14 yards off of 
13 carries from your three-headed, I don't want to call monster, we'll call it a poodle, your three-headed poodle um, backfield. So, <laughs> like, you could have just said three-headed backfield. You three- <laughs> uh, Chihuahua or something, I don't know, man. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just, you know, we talk about it a lot, how bad of a running back room is. They all have their strengths. They all have things they do well, but do they do them well enough to be consistent weekend clearly the answer is no am i being too hard of the running backs or do we have to start shifting a little bit more to the o-line or is it a combination like what how do you how do you die i would definitely say it's a combination because just from watching the film from being in the stadium and watching the game there were a lot of missed blocks by our linemen mm-hmm. i think all five guys definitely could go back in the film room and see they missed a lot of plays via pass pro or in this in this particular instance run blocking out of all the linemen, from what I saw in a general sense, I'm going to go back and watch the All-22 probably tomorrow when it's available. I would think that Orlando Brown would have the best game from what I saw. And obviously, we threw the ball more than we ran it. But being our best run-blocking linemen are usually our interior guard-to-guard. So Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith, those are the guys I lean on to not miss blocks in the run game. We didn't get too much movement, which was very concerning. And it's kind of like with a grain of salt. You don't want to over-exaggerate too much. And I was telling Chris, our run game is really two ways. It's either – really good or non-existent because we've seen games where we go into Tampa Bay into San Fran and we're averaging like four or five yards a pop. But then we come back here and we can't even get two, three yards on first down. So it's it's, it's very frustrating. Like Chris said, I, I don't get it why we have this mindset or because I've seen them do it against some of the best players in the league. So I know they can do it. So when people say we can't run the ball, we can run the ball. We just don't do it consistently. And I really don't have an answer for you. Because we have the run schemes and the run type of plays we want to run with each running back, like Chris greatly broke down last week in our last episode. <laughs> we just have these moments where we just the guys don't get any push up front. And like credit, give credit where credit is due. They have pros on the other side of the ball. They have NFL players. Those guys are all pros and they get paid to, to make plays as well. So, but as an offensive lineman, you want to take pride in creating lanes for your running backs. And obviously, our running backs could make better plays as well. There were a couple screens that the one, the two plays that really stick out to me the most, Chris, were the Pacheco screen. And the Jerry McKinnon screen, great call, timely screens by Andy Reid. Screen game Andy was in his bag. But Jerry McKinnon got shoot, got shoestring tackled on one where he got right. a miss to get around Creed, and he just didn't do it. And Pacheco had one if he'd hit that lane and just break one tackle because that's honestly what you want as a running back. As a screen is called, it's made for you to get a one-on-one. Right, right. Point, you make have one to, guy miss. Exactly. Make the one guy miss. the court, Make your coordinator look good. Make him look smart. Make him look like a genius for calling that screen at the right time. And they both had an opportunity to make a guy miss, and they just didn't do it. So, like you said, this room is not great. It's not terrible. It's, it's pretty much average. So there's going to be weeks where we look really good, and there's going to be weeks where we look really bad. And I think last night was a light where they looked kind of bad. So, and I'm sure they'll get back in the room. And honestly, the only good thing about this, Chris, whenever we play bad via run game, what do we do the next week? We usually respond. We usually play pretty well. That's the only good thing I can say about last night. Yeah, but I will say, man, I'm, I'm very close to the point, especially – if Kadarius Tony, the guy we got from the Giants, for those of you who don't know, if he's healthy and he looked healthy enough in the few plays that they were able to drop for him in his four days in, in Kansas City or whatever it was, just run running McColl and, and Tony in the backfield half the time. You know, like just just find ways to get them the ball because yeah, do sure. the Debo Samuel stuff. Yeah, for sure. And because now you have two guys that can do it. We know McColl can do it. Now we know Tony or, you know, Tony can probably do it. Added, you know, I'm always going to say McKinnon. That's my guy. I think the offense flows the best with him. No, yeah, throw in some McKinnon routes for some pass pro things when you're keeping guys in. But for the most part, like, uh, you know, Clyde, I Clyde does some things well, and Pacheco runs hard. But 
this offense seems to be doesn't really matter who's at running back, you know. So maybe just go away from the running backs completely and get get more receivers on the field in the backfield and see how that goes. Oh, I would love to see KT and Nicole get involved on those, like you said, those sweep plays or even like an outside zone because their speed right. is they're two of the fastest guys in the league and two of the most shifty guys in the league. Yeah. So if you get them on an outside zone or get them on a jet sweep, like we saw Nicole score three times on and, and Tennessee was ready for it. <laughs> right, right. Nicole last night and they were ready for that one. But right. and I'm sure those type of plays, like you just said, Andy's already been scheming up in the bag and trying to get those on the play call sheet. And obviously, like you said, Kadarius was only here for four days, so you can't really put too much on this plate. But right, you can exactly. see the explosiveness, man, from him. Like that shake route, he ran in the middle of the mm. field when we went Ooh. empty. Or even that bubble screen he caught. He's just even even when he got five yards or three yards, you're like, man, this kid is special. He's hard to get on the ground. So the more time we get, the more time he gets comfortable with Pat and Andy and our scheme calling and obviously our receiver room and the guys kind of working off each other. I'm sure they have so many plays in the bag that me and you could talk about those for hours and talk, right. write them up and scheme them up. I'm super excited going forward to see how we use KT because, like you said, he's a weapon in the backfield that you could use similar to guys like a Debo Samuel. So I'm super excited to see how we use him going forward. Absolutely. Right, right. I'm team less running backs uh, moving forward right now. I just now want explosive plays. I don't care. Right, exactly, exactly. And right now the, the running backs have showed a little, you know, to be desired on most of the most of the games this year, but jumping into this week, we got a Jags team, kind of Jacksonville Jaguars, coming off a nice comeback win from the Raiders. They've had some moments. They've obviously hit this lull in the middle of the season up until this point. I think they're three and six coming in. They got a good D line. This might be the Josh Allen that's actually scared. You know that actually scares me. I'm just kidding. You know Josh no Allen. Shot. No shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a cheapy. You know, no, no real. Um, what am I trying to say here? That wasn't fair because the actual quarterback, Josh Allen, scary. But this defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars also named Josh Allen. He's He leads a crew that is also very strong, and the Chiefs have struggled, like the Titans last week, against strong D-lines. What are we thinking is going to be the, the makeup this week? Absolutely. That, and that was kind of like my point that I was making in our last segment we were talking about. Usually when our O-line plays bad, like when we played bad in Indianapolis, when we play bad in Buffalo, our guys respond off of those games, and they usually tend to be laser focused. And guys usually usually kind of play pissed off. That's one thing I do like about Coach Heck, and Coach Heck does a great job of motivating those guys. And we know how Creed is down there to get them going, and so and so does Orlando as well. So I think the guys will be super made, motivated this week to go down there and run the ball. We know those guys can get after the pass rush. They got a lot of guys that we were actually trying to acquire on our team. They have Arden Key, they have Kason, they have Josh Allen. They got some guys that can get they can get after the quarterback. So we're gonna have to do a great job of not only one protecting Pat when we do go pass pro, but we have to run the ball to keep him off balance as well. And we we've we've seen our offense operate at its best in that Tampa Bay game and in that San Fran game and even the Arizona game via take it for what it's worth. It was week one against a team that was um not not so much of a strong defense. But when we're operating with our run game, Chris, we're a very tough group to stop, man. Like it's 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 hard to really to go against Andy and Pat Mahomes when that run game is going and they're beating you short, they're getting you deep, they're getting you with the outside zone, inside gaps. We're throwing screen games. When we have our whole flow offense working, we're a very tough unit to speak. And I'm sure a lot of other teams will say that as well. But I truly believe with the best quarterback in the league, and he showed it on Sunday night, when you give him a run game, man, it's it's pretty much like pick your poison. It's good night because I don't know how you're going to stop him with all these weapons and all these guys we have that can make plays. So this is a great week for the offense to, to rebound, especially the offensive line, because I know they, they, they take pride at their work and they take pride in their job. And usually when they play well, they respond. So I'm super excited to see them get back to that this weekend put their nose in the ground and get to work, man. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, 
I'm trying to look up at Trevor Lawrence because on the other side of the ball, like I saw, so he's he's had a decent year. He's I mean, had it's it's like he's, he's had, had a couple bad games. Yeah, he's had a couple bad games. Overall, in the year, he's got a 64 percent completion percentage. He's got you know about 2,100 yards passing the ball. What Mahomes is up to like. 26, 26 something like that. So yeah. not too far off that pace. He only has 11 touchdowns, um, which is down if you're comparing it to Mahomes, who still leads the league, even though he only threw one last night at 21. But like, he can do some things. He's an athletic kid. He's you know he's got some a few weapons around him now. We know what ETN can do in the backfield. There's talent there. Everyone's we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence for five years, ever since he first stepped on the field at Clemson. So. Okay. Uh, it, I know that he's he has the capability of making big plays. I just don't know how much I I trust him in Arrowhead against a defense that I think is better than the numbers show. And I think last night's num- last night's showing is going to help those numbers. But this team has been in a lot of shootouts, and naturally, those overall defense and numbers are going to inflate a little bit when you're in shootouts. It's just the, that's just the nature of the beast. I'm really curious to see how these young corners do against this young quarterback. No, absolutely. I know Trevor Lawrence has had his – he's had his flaws at times. I know a lot of people would like to see his development be better than what it is. But like you said, you can never take guys for granted. You can never underrate your opponent. And they obviously have some guys that can make plays. I know they have um, they have Evan Ingram over there, Marvin Jones Jr., Zay Jones. They obviously signed Christian Kirk via free agency in the offseason. Travis Etienne has been one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's been running extremely hard this year since he got the full-time job. Because we know they were kind of sharing the touches with him and James Robinson before he got traded to the New York Jets. So Travis Etienne has been running the ball very well this year. So we're going to have to get after him. Definitely make Trevor uncomfortable to make make some untimely and unconscious decisions. Because he has had showed moments where he hasn't been that smart, genius, wonderboy quarterback we saw coming out of Clemson a couple years right, ago. Right, right. Like via the Denver game a couple weeks ago. even a couple, And even in the, the Raiders game for a while. The Raiders had that game. Pretty much in the bag. They had a three possession lead, but the Raiders are going to Raider at times. So, and, and they, they let him back in it. But Trevor uh, is a guy that can, he's uber talented. We know what kind of arm he has. Doug Pierce is, a, is an offensive coordinator, offensive mind, has been in this league a long time. And obviously, he's a, a former Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this game's going to mean a lot to him to come back to Arrowhead and to, to see all the guys and to see the building as well. So, uh, it's going to be a tough moment. It's going to be a good matchup for us. It's going to be good to see how we respond. And yeah, you can never take your opponent lightly. As we just seen every Sunday, Chris, there's always good teams that lose. And losing the teams they're not supposed to, but that's the NFL. So um, a lot of good moments for us to show improvement, but we're definitely going to come out there and have to get ready to play because the Jags aren't going to take us lightly. They're going to come in here and try to upset us and think they can win this game based off what they just seen on Sunday. So they're definitely not coming in here trying to play light. So it's going to be a good game. And I'm excited for the matchup, but we should come in here and correct our mistakes and go out there and show and prove our dominance once again. Right. Yeah. I don't think we need to overanalyze it. Like you said, like, you know, the Jags are three and six. They, you know, beat the Raiders. They put a beating on the Chargers as one of their wins. They did lose to the Broncos. So it's like there are these versions of this team that they can come in and beat Kansas City just on a, on a any given Sunday kind of aspect that you always want to take into account. But as far as where these what the leagues that these two teams are on, they're in completely different leagues. As long as the Chiefs come out, do their thing, take care of the ball, and don't leave the door open, it should it should be an easier one of the easier games the Chiefs play this year absolutely at the end of the day wins is all that matter it doesn't matter how you get them you don't get extra points for blowing people out or winning by one or game winning field goals they all count the same so right right stacking wins and it's it's like I say it every week it's hard to win in the NFL man I know fans get frustrated 
I have people that text me every day, Chris, saying, why are we doing the things we want to do? Guys, I know. I want them to dominate every week just as badly as you do. But other guys on the other side of the ball, they get paid to play as well. They yeah, have it's professional. A tough game. It's, it's a tough game. But at the end of the day, like I said before the show, good teams find ways to win even when they're not playing well. And right. that's the one thing our team did and his coaching staff did. They made adjustments. They went out there and they found a way to win the game. And every week is not going to be like that. Every week's not going to be a nail biter. And every week's not going to be a blowout either. But I think, and Pat said it in his press conference, which I love that quote. He said, we're winning in different ways, which is good for our football team. Because when we get into these moments later in the season and in the playoffs, we'll have all these experiences to look back on. So nobody's fearing or nervous for the moment. Even though our team really has been in the biggest moments you can ask for, four straight AFC championships with two Super Bowl appearances. But with a new group, with a lot of new faces, when you're in different games, you're in a blowout, you're in come from behind wins, you're in nail biters. All of these different type of ways to win makes your team that much better because when you're in those moments in the playoffs, nobody's phased, nobody's scared of the moment because we've been in these moments all year, which is great. Sir. That's the only good thing about having the schedule we have playing so many tough opponents, playing so many great coaches, so much talent in this league. It makes your guys that much that much more confident when they get in those moments when it really matters in January because we've been once you can look each other in the face and say, hey, we've been here. We know what mm-hmm. to do. Now it's up to us to just go execute. So, Yep, nope. Well said, my friend. All right, last thing. We got score predictions. We were both off. But we didn't – I don't think we aired our, our predictions. We were both uh, close on the Titans, points scored. Both had the Chiefs scoring over 30, so we were a little off on, on that. We were off. What do you got with the Jags coming in town this week? All right. So they got the over under of 51. We got another big spread, nine and a half. Uh, let me see. The Jags are averaging 22 points a game. I will say the Chiefs win. Chiefs 28, Jags 17. Okay. Okay. I'm on a li- little bigger. 21, 34. Just because I'm, I'm thinking like what you said, and I don't know why the Chiefs are like this. It is frustrating. Why can't you just come out and have this mentality every week of line? But the O line seems to have this every other game kind of trend going. Exactly. And I'm expecting us to be on the other end, so I'm expecting the run game to be a little bit better, and you know that physicality up front. So I think they'll go up and down the field a little bit more. So give me 34, 20, 21. So I guess that's the over and the Chiefs to cover. No, I, I like it. I like it. So Hopefully we can get a couple turnovers by Trevor. He hasn't really been in this environment. This is his first time up here, so the right. first time being up here, so it's the first time for him. They got a lot of new guys on that on that team as well. So playing in the cold coming from Jacksonville, hopefully that'll little be a little bit of an advantage for us. Because it was pretty windy on Sunday night versus Tennessee. So hopefully I don't know what the weather is for um this is our first noon game this year. So it's first noon fight. game in Arrowhead. I'm Man, excited. That's so weird to say, bro. Like they were like what week ten, and we're just now seeing a noon game. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, when you want to be see this team in prime time, that's just how it rolls. That's it it. Really and, and you're in the West. You know, we already have those natural. You're playing the West division in the, yeah, in the NFC, yeah. and you play in the AFC West. Just naturally, you know, you're gonna yeah. get those, that Ravens game, the Niners game. You know, we'll have the Broncos and Chargers later, and Raiders later on. That'll probably be. You know, that 325, the ones that aren't on prime time. So I, I, I'm a big fan of the noon games. I think it's no, fun me, to, me get too, out to, to get out to the stadium early. You know, I, I think I'm I think I'm just a fan that we're all uh, allowed to start drinking earlier. I think that's <laughs> what I'm the biggest fan of. No, any any reason games. to crack open a beer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go to another meeting after this, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is going to do it for us this week. Oh, I almost forgot, CJ. Where can the good people find you? 
You can definitely find me on Twitter, people. I'm at CGG81. That's C-J-E-E-Z-Y-81. I will definitely post my favorite plays, the most important plays from last night's game tomorrow. I post some clips, some tidbits, and I'm always open to questions for fantasy betting purposes. If you want to just talk football, my DMs are always open. There you go. And you can always find me on Twitter at 10penny88. I'm a little more private than suited. No, I'm just kidding. You can definitely do the same <laughs> with me. Don't hit me <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully this will be keep keeping this rolling. Chiefs are six and two, currently tied for first in the AFC. Obviously, Bills have the have the tiebreaker, but we'll see. We'll keep this thing going. So a lot of season goes. But as always, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you next time. Chief.